Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Let's talk about using the self to create positive change. Many, many years ago, Dr. Charles Seashore, a renowned organization development expert, coined the term use of self. He originally applied it in organization development to aid consultants in understanding how they could be tools in their clients' organizational transformation. Now, you know, I've thought about it a lot through the years, and as I've thought about it, I really think that it is or could be a leadership development tool, this use of self. I think it has a lot of applicability. This podcast explores how leaders can use themselves, really use themselves, as tools of positive change in their organizations, in their communities, in their families, and in our larger world. Maximizing your success in leadership roles requires conscious, truly focused attention on how you leverage your gifts, your strengths, your talents. Mastering the use of self requires an understanding of the attributes in Charles Seashore's model. Before we can get into the applications of the model, I need to review each of the elements. I'll start with an element, tell you quickly what it means, and then we'll have the opportunity to go deeper. So, intentional use of self, the seashore model. First thing is agency. That's our ability and capacity to skillfully represent ourselves and implement our desired courses of action. Next, giving and receiving feedback. Notice I said giving and receiving feedback. Thoughtfully seeking insights from trusted sources and judiciously sharing one's perspectives. I love the way that Seashore addresses feedback. It's not all about you spitting out what you think. It's about you be willing to hear from other people. Reframing. This allows different perspectives, perceptions, and ways of organizing information to filter in and inform our decision-making. Self-efficacy. This is our belief in ourselves and our capacity to successfully achieve desired outcomes. Skills. We all have a range of competencies, which include communication, courageous listening, goal setting, conflict management, team building, relationship building, relationship management, stress management. We've all got this wide range of competencies. And last in the Seashore model is support systems. These are the resources, individuals, groups, organizations that we need 
to draw on to get stronger. So those are the elements of Seashore's model for use of self. As you start to think about those elements, it's really obvious that anyone who wants to use them has to be awake and aware. It really takes us from autopilot to thoughtful, reflective action. Maximizing your successes in leadership roles requires you to give conscious attention to thoughtful deployment of the self, of you, of your personal engagement. Exactly how does that happen? I am going to propose five steps for your consideration, and they're based on Seashore's model. The first step is, I want you to examine your leadership choices. These may be really large choices that can redirect the organization or smaller choices that impact individual employees. In both cases, and in all of the cases in between, it's important to develop the capacity to analyze your choices, the supporting rationale behind those choices, and what's the impact of those choices. When you start thinking about your impact, remember there are always unintended consequences. You have to own intent and effect. This is really difficult when the effect is negative, but the intention was well-meaning. Think about the times when you made a decision with the best intentions for the organization, but faced blowback that you never imagined. Let me tell you about a recent instance where an HRVP and a CEO decided to offer leadership development specifically for emerging leaders and high potential leaders in the organization. They thought it would be a great opportunity to develop high potential talent. It turned out to be viewed as very, very divisive. And I'm going to tell you the truth, it really was very divisive. And that's because the initial approach, the initial communication was very poorly developed. It specifically mentioned high potential leaders. That made it sound like there were high potential leaders and low potential leaders in the organization. Their approach was even worse. The CEO handpicked everyone he thought had high potential. He refused to use an application or nomination process. That was such a major mistake. Other leaders who thought that they had potentials and could move up in the organization felt slighted, they felt embarrassed, and they felt insulted. They resented what they saw as favoritism. I guess you can understand why this approach left such a sour taste in the mouths of so many employees. Now, the intent was well-meaning. They really did want to offer valuable leadership development. But the approach, can I just be frank? The approach was really stupid. Um, it made absolutely no sense to do it like that. It was not well thought out. And this particular CEO was not the best listener in the world. So the approach really, it just was not wise. The unintended consequences reflect what I mean by intent and effect. The intent was wonderful. The effect was disastrous. The next question that you have to ask yourself is this. 
Are my choices consistent with my core values and my intent to do good? That question, when you honestly consider it, will surface your true motivations and your true intent. It's also going to surface whether you're acting in concert with whatever guides you, with your internal compass, with your core values. Stopping to ask this question can be sobering. It'll help you have clarity on whether you're on track for using yourself for positive change. The question will help you be certain, really certain, that you're directing your energy in concert with what you value and want to contribute in this world. The second step in thoughtful leadership growth and engagement is having a long-term plan for self-development. This type of development considers the whole of the person, the quadrants of life balance. The quadrants provide a holistic view for reflection and for soul searching. The quadrants are spirit, relational, family, and career. In order to maximize the use of self as an instrument for positive change, you have to have a plan that addresses the whole self, not just the career. Many very seemingly successful leaders place so much emphasis on their careers that other aspects of their lives suffer and fall apart. Overemphasis on career can deplete you of the required wellsprings for rejuvenation. I had a really sad conversation with a client who was approaching 70 and her family wanted her to retire but she was resistant to retiring. And I asked her, why don't you want to retire? And she said, because I don't have anything else in my life. I've made this work my life. It is my world. It is my source of identity. Hearing her say that really hurt my heart. And it helped me to realize how important these quadrants of life balance are. You've got to have a spiritual life. You've got to have relationships. You've got to have a family and you've got to have a career. If you find that you're out of balance, put together an action plan and some steps to put the appropriate emphasis on each of the quadrants. The third step is going to sound a little bit like psychobabble, so just be patient with me and you'll get its significance in just a minute. The third step is to develop clarity about projection and transference. Projection and transference. This is where you get to consider whether you are projecting your stuff onto other people. Stuff includes your values, your beliefs, your expectations, your experiences. We can unwittingly project all of that on other people and on situations. Let me give you an example. When you compare your work ethic to someone else's, it presumes that your work ethic is something to be emulated. You're projecting your values onto someone else. Let me make it a little bit more tangible. A VP that I worked with was responsible for the quality assurance department. 
She was in the habit of working late every day and working on weekends and working through her vacations. Now, what she said was she did not expect that from her team. She did not expect that from them, that that was just her thing. But as we worked together, she eventually admitted that she didn't think they had real commitment or a strong work ethic because they weren't immediately responsive to her midnight and weekend emails. She had to admit that she was rating them just a bit lower because she didn't think they shared her commitment. That's projecting. She was projecting without even realizing it. Be careful that you're neither projecting nor transferring what you believe, what you hold dear, what you expect onto other people. Be willing to accept people where they are and then explore your differences. I'm not saying that you won't uphold organizational standards. Of course you're going to uphold standards. I'm just asking you to be careful and not assume that your approach is somehow best when in fact there are many viable and valid approaches to just about anything and everything. Projection is self-limiting. It denies you the leader, the opportunity for growth through learning from others. (laughs) I have to tell you this. I also think that projection is a sign of a really big ego. So get over yourself. The fourth step is to employ reflexive processing. Reflection is the act of looking back and seeing what's transpired. Reflection with an X is the process of using or integrating what you learned from the reflection. Reflexive processing asks you to pay attention to what's transpired, use it for good, and move forward. It also involves paying close attention to the thoughts and the feelings that emerge through reflection and the impact that they're having on you and on situations. Let me give you a quick example. You took the time to reflect on how you behaved when you were in conflict with a colleague. As you reflected, you had to admit that you weren't really listening, you were forming a rebuttal in your head, and you were arguing mentally. You also, through your reflection, have to admit that you were just getting mad and irritated. If you're reflexive, you'll take the results of that reflection and be very intentional when you're in conflict the next time. You may even have the courage to apologize to that person. You'll certainly approach the situation as a courageous leader the next time that you're in conflict. A courageous leader and a courageous listener. A courageous listener is willing to risk being persuaded. They honor the message because it comes from another human being. They're able to search to see value in messages, even messages that they don't agree with. That's the benefit of reflection. It uses reflection to give you actual tools for behavior modification. The fifth and final step in the process of using the self is employing systems thinking. 
This asks you to develop an understanding, a really deep understanding that pierces surface knowledge, an understanding of the complexities, the intricacies, the interdependencies, and the interacting forces in the organization. These factors are not only at play internally, they also exist between the organization and its larger environment, meaning our larger society, meaning your larger industry. Leaders really have to grasp the systemic nature of the problems that they face. You have to develop the capacity to explore and explain the unique systems in your organization. These are systems that are overt and covert. That means explaining and understanding the political dynamics and how they impact what people experience. That means understanding the role that you play in the political dynamics. Having an understanding of the complexity of systems means that you're not going to be reaching for easy solutions. You're going to be more thoughtful. You're going to be more thorough. You're going to engage stakeholders and consider the ranges of options and opportunities that are available. This enhances your credibility. It builds a greater appreciation in you of how difficult change is in any system. Wrapping up this discussion of using the self as a tool of positive change, leading intentionally requires that you look inward before looking outward. The ability to skillfully employ your full self, your full self, all of who you are, enables you to uplift the organization, your profession, your community. Reaching the point of being intentional requires attention to the steps that we reviewed. I think that they directly support Seashore's use of self-model. The process begins with self-examination. It moves to planning for your self-development by considering the quadrants of life balance. Once you're sure that you've got harmony between the spiritual, relational, family, and career elements of your life, you'll find yourself more grounded. You'll find yourself more able to create positive change. You'll be in a stronger position to do that. The next step in the process is to control the tendency to project and transfer. Don't let your ego, don't let your hubris make you think that you are the standard bearer for behavior. I said it before, get over yourself. Work on acting in alignment with your own core values and accepting the fact that we each see the world through different lenses. We each experience the world differently. Next, you can begin using reflection with that X to modify your behavior. This skill, born out of the ability to reflect, gives us the information that we need to recalibrate our approaches to change our behavior. Last, I want you to employ systems thinking. That's what will help you understand the organization more deeply. It includes the things that are above and below the surface. 
It gives you the ability to deal with all of the complexities that you face as a leader. I hope you got some practical methods for rethinking how you use yourself. You have the potential not only to bring change to your organization, but to bring change, positive change, to our world. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world. Thank you.